It's time for the Morning Brief, where we take a closer look at the day's big stories, or more debatable stories, I guess we should say, with one of our pundits. Lisa Raitt is here, former federal cabinet minister. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, John. So I was just talking about this facial recognition business, and I know you're a big traveler, so maybe you can bring something to the party. The article I was looking at says that it's coming to Air Canada, but I already was subjected to it two weeks ago. Yeah, I guess it was a pilot project, and I didn't even realize this was was going on. So if the technology works and it's all approved by Transport Canada, by the Privacy Commissioner, and they're implementing it, that's that's great. I, I just expressed um, surprise that they, they would be able to roll it out. I know how difficult it is to get these things rolling in public places. Facial recognition has, has a lot of overtones that make people uncomfortable, um, but I guess... It, if they're implementing it, they must have ticked all the boxes and gone through all the all the process. Although some people might be surprised, as you're saying, where they use facial technology, uh, because I, I read this story in the New York Times about a theater in Manhattan on Broadway where somebody was identified. I guess they have cameras that are looking at the audience. And before a show, they identified somebody sitting in the audience who is a lawyer currently suing the theater company. And they wow. went to their seat and kicked them out. I read about that. That was at the Rockettes or something. She had gone for the Christmas show. And that's the kind of stuff that I think do surprise people that there should be made aware I, that fact that you are your facial recognition is being utilized. I just watched um, I'm going through old movies with Bruce while we're when I visit him at Baycrest and we just watched Enemy of the State from prior to 2001 and it's that same kind of thing and that that was 20 years ago you know the shock of it all 30 years ago i guess now um the shock of of just how invasive this stuff is in your life then and imagine what it's like now okay so let's talk healthcare, and i think this is going to be a vigorous and important debate because we're making some pretty fundamental changes here in ontario maybe i'm naive but i tend to take this government at its word when they say they're building in guardrails yeah, I don't think you're being naive. Um, I, the process is going to be well-developed and well-understood, and, and there's lots of examples that they can take from. What I find interesting about the debate is that it's um, the opposition to it is led by showing examples of extremes. So on one case, the places are going to be so terrible that no one's going to be able to have the right standards and the health of Ontarians are going to be in danger. On the other hand, the argument coming forward is these places are going to be so great that it's going to have a brain drain and it's going to attract all of all of our talent to these these clinics instead of working in hospitals. And somewhere in the middle is going to be where we all land in this reality that people are going to have um, the option of perhaps being faster on a list than they currently are and they're going to be able to get the the care that they that they need and that they want and if they are offered options they're going to be offered options you're, you're not going to be able to stop that uh, but it's always going to be in the hands of the of the individual if they want to take it or not the integrity commissioner at toronto city hall is going to investigate john tory and his affair with uh, a former staffer i mean the mayor has already resigned is this necessary he requested it this is the part I don't understand. On February 10, he asked the integrity commissioner to go through it. I mean, look, um, I understand John to be uh, an ethical man, he, and he wants all of these boxes t ticked, and he's done the right thing in, in his mind in, in terms of resigning. But it, that extra step of the integrity commissioner just really has me scratching my head. That's going to be a lot of pain for a lot of people.
So Roxham Road is a crossing into Quebec from the United States, and migrants have been making their way into Canada there for several years now. I think some people tend to kind of fetishize this. It is not the same thing as, you know, hundreds of thousands of people flooding across the southern border of the United States, but it still is an issue. And Pierre Polyev has said that Justin Trudeau should find a way to shut it down within 30 days. I think he's probably got a point this time. I think we I think the conservatives have always had a point that allowing people to pass through uh, the border in an irregular fashion, to use the terminology that's being used, is not healthy for our system. And it's not healthy for the system. I mean, people can claim refugee status. They can claim special considerations when they cross a normal border. Um, There is the act that turns them away, but the act is there to request the Americans And it is something that it's a law we have to abide by. You just can't wish it away. And no, Pierre has a point. He has a point on this. But here's the situation that I see. The minister um, in his interviews yesterday seems to be saying that, well, we're going to work with the Americans. We need the Americans to solve this problem. But as you point out just a minute ago, the American problem is the southern border. And it's the millions of people coming across the southern border, not uh, not what Canada is dealing with here in in our part of the world where it's 40,000. But you had the mayor of Niagara Falls on your show, and he was talking about the fact that there are hotel rooms that are unavailable to tourists as a result of of dealing with the the flow coming across in Roxham Road. So it's not just what's happening in Quebec. It's spilling over into other places. And quite frankly, um, you know, bad people are using this as a package deal and selling it in yeah. other parts of the of the world in order to get, you know, a better economic future for their family. Yeah, yeah it's not the, that I can't sympathize. I thought uh, Mayor Diodati actually was uh, very effective in his messaging because he said again and again and again, I'm not, you know, we are trying to do everything we can to support these people, but it, this, this has got to come to an end somehow. Um, one last issue for you, and that would be the biggest experiment with a four-day work week in the UK has found not only were all of the workers happier, but some of the businesses were making more money. Well, that's really interesting. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of people who have already done that silent four-day work week, to be honest. Uh, but the reality is, is that if we're struggling in Canada currently with uh, an issue of not having enough people for the jobs that we have on offer, um, it'll be exacerbated by decreasing the amount of time that people people need to work because there's still businesses that are going to have to be open for for seven days a week for six days a week so it doesn't solve everybody's problems but if companies choose to do this from a productivity point of view they can certainly do that the question of whether or not it becomes the norm i i don't know but an interesting study nonetheless um don't think it's going to happen at cibc no okay i don't think it's going to happen here either so you and i are going to be here five days a week yeah (laughs) thanks a lot lisa and that's and that's lucky that's lucky (laughs) 